I'm Katie Gibson, and this is Sounds of Berkeley. Today, I'm in the studio with Silk Road artists Cristina Pato and Edward Perez and Michael Shen, Dean of the Music Division at Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. We'll be talking about Silk Road's vision for education, Boston Conservatory's increasingly global approach to classical music education, and the ways the two institutions are collaborating. Welcome to the studio, everyone. Hello. <laughs> so Silk Road is composed of artists from all over the world, and so there are many different musical traditions that you bring to your work, yes? Silk Road is a collective, and just to make a long story short, Silk Road is an organization that was born out of the mind of an amazing musician and humanist, Yo-Yo Ma, 20 years ago. And he had a very simple question in mind, which is what happens when strangers meet. And he used the Silk Road as a metaphor of connecting cultures, connecting traditions, but also of this cultural interchange that happened through history, but also happens in the world as we live in today. So Silk Road somehow operates in that way. We are we we are not full-time employees of the organization. We are independent artists that collaborate with the collective, that bring whatever we feel that is needed in this other collective, and then we take that back to our community, which is a very unique way of operating, especially because uh, we represent many countries all around the world, from China, from Korea, Syria, India. I particularly come from the northwest corner of Spain, Edward is from the US. We also represent many different musical languages. One of the places that I think it really helps us to explain what the organization is about, which is a concept coming from ecology that Yo-Yo Ma uses a lot, that is called the edge effect, which is the point in which uh, two ecosystems meet, such as the forest and the savanna. Mm -hmm. In that point, which is called the edge effect, is apparently in ecology where the most new lives are formed. So somehow what is happening here is Silk Road and Boko is trying to create that edge effect that not only not only implies that dis disruption of conservatory training, but also uh, implies like bringing a different way of understanding what is the role of the artist in the 21st century society. And that brings in the world of curiosity, which is what we practice as a collective on a constant basis. Definitely. And especially where those two ecosystems come together, the conservatory with students and then Silk Road with all these artists from all over the world, you'll have that edge effect, that curiosity, that collaboration. Perhaps can you talk about what the collaboration is going to look like this year? Um, the, the actual interactions between Silk Road musicians and conservatory students and faculty? Sure. We're, we're starting out with, uh, with two initiatives. Uh, the first is a big uh, concert that we have with the conservatory orchestra uh, on November 16th down at Symphony Hall. Uh, and I'll turn to, to Christina to talk a little bit more about the, the programming on that. But the, the second part of that is going to be a Silk Road performance seminar uh, that will be taught for students at the conservatory in the spring term. Um, our hope is to make this this course and this hopefully long-term relationship into uh, one that is very interdisciplinary at its core as well. Uh, the conservatory, of course, having music, theater, and dance as well. Yeah, because even within the arts, we already 
define a thousand different ways of understanding our own dis discipline and our own practice. And in that concert that in which we are featuring that connection between Boko students and Silk Road artists, uh, that concert that is happening on November 16th, that's a collaboration uh, between our programming director, who is Nicholas Kortz, the viola player, but also the one of the co-artistic directors of the organization. And it features a little bit of this journey in between all the traditions that we practice as a collective, mm -hmm. but also the individual voices of the ensemble members. And I guess it's some sort of a journey, but not, not only a journey in multicultural traditions, but also in diverse ways of understanding music in those traditions, which I think is at the core of the question of what we are trying to do together. And for the students as well, they'll get to rehearse and perform with the musicians, who two of whom have composed pieces that are on the, the set list that night. Um, Maeve and Karu, I think, are both on the, the list of composers for that evening. So that's another layer uh, as added to that opportunity, which is really exciting, I think. Yeah, and from the, the Silk Road per, uh, perspective, this is sub the type of concert that you all program on a regular basis, but for a conservatory music division, um, this is rethinking the concert from the ground up. Right, really unusual. Absolutely, it's a totally new experience for yeah. our students, um, uh, even a new experience for our conductor, Bruce Hangen, as well, who's super excited about doing this. Um, so sure, I, I yeah. think it's going to really uh, impact the, the student experience in a, a, a really concrete way. And for those of you who are listening out there, tickets are only $15, so it's also a really great opportunity to um, come see these world-class musicians for not a whole lot of money, which is very exciting, um, at Symphony Hall, which is a great venue. And I should also say it's part of the Conservatory's center stage programming for this year, which is, I think, the flagship series of concerts. Um, so it just seems really exciting. Curious to hear a little bit more about the other, um, the seminar and other kind of masterclasses and events that might be going on with uh, Silk Road throughout the year. And I know Silk Road also partners with other educational institutions. This is new, but I don't think unique in Silk Road's um, activity. So Silk Road is housed in Harvard University, so we consider ourselves a local organization with a global perspective. And, Just across uh, the river. Yes, across the river. And But we, for the last number of years, uh, we've been trying to stretch that collaboration to many other organizations around the city, like the Children's Museum or like this Boko partnership. Uh -huh. So at Harvard, we we have many things going on at the same time, collaborations with the Harvard Business School mm -hmm. and especially with the Harvard Graduate School of Education because learning and our learning programs are mm -hmm. a very important part of what the organization is about. In terms of collaborating or partnering with uh, institutions uh, which main focus is music, that's, it's not like a new thing for us, but it has not been the priority for us in a number of years because of Jojo's original idea mm -hmm. of bringing all these many different ways of understanding the power of the arts in the society. Somehow he thought that it, it would be a powerful way to bring the arts into those conversations that they did not include the arts yet. So it is very exciting for us because half of the artists of the organization do come from conservatory training. Half of the artists of the organization did went through that disruption that you were talking about at the beginning. They had that moment of, of uh, weakness of, I'm not sure if I can improvise or I'm not sure if I can work without a conductor. I'm not sure if rehearsing in a democratic ensemble is such a great idea. 
idea because it takes forever. It, it was a learning exercise for all of us in the organization. Mm -hmm. And I guess what we are trying to do with this partnership is actually learn from each other and listen, uh, listen deeply into what are the challenges of the system, but also what are the challenges in the nonprofit sector into trying to connect the dots between institutions and organizations that are flying around those institutions. Yeah, it's my understanding that the uh, the three tenets on which Silk Road operates are curiosity, collaboration, and listening after all. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I'm just incredibly excited and, and feel honored to have all of you working with our students um, on, on what looks to be a, a long-term partnership. I, I think that this is going to be a, a profound experience for, for students to go on that journey with you um, and led by you. Christina and Edward, we'd love to hear a little bit about how you two met and came to play together. Your instruments are an unusual pairing, bagpipes and stand-up bass, so we'd love to hear a bit about your journey together as musicians. So I'm a bagpiper. I'm also a collaborative pianist. I play the Galician bagpipe, which is the national instrument of where I come from in the northwest corner of Galicia. Mm -hmm. But I also I was born in a generation in which getting a classical education or getting a music education with a degree will mean going through the conservatory training. So I went through the conservatory training as a collaborative pianist, and that's what brought me to the U.S. But I did have a career as a professional bagpiper doing pop and rock and a mixture of whatever style you name it. And uh, when I moved here and I met Yo-Yo and Silk Road and I started connecting the dots between what I thought it was divided, which is the world of world music and the world of classical music, mm -hmm. through Silk Road I found the strength to think that maybe they may not need a bagpiper in this market, but the qualities and the values that I can bring up through the conversation of what it means to be a bagpiper mm -hmm. are equally as valuable as the qualities of any other instrument. Mm -hmm. So I started a band a few years ago, and uh, my band started with an accordion player from Galicia who lives in New York, like me, I'm based in New York. Mm -hmm. And this accordion player who is a jazz musician who went to Berkeley introduced me to an amazing drummer and an amazing bass player. And that bass player is Eduard Perez that has been working with me for a number of years, but I am really happy to see well, this is pretty much the way we operate, individuals, collective, and then the global. I'm really happy to see Edward being involved with Silk Road for the last five years, I guess, right? Basically, basically, yeah. And uh, my background in music, I started as a, as a jazz musician, and I was always in, interested in improvisation and, and the different places that that could take me. And uh, early on, I found myself becoming more and more involved in Latin jazz, and that actually happened in my years in college when I lived here in Boston. And a lot of a lot of my music education early on came from the jazz clubs of this city, uh, and and the friendships that I had here, the collaborations that I that I was able to to make. And at uh, at one point in life, I moved to Lima, Peru, uh, where I spent a good amount of time playing Afro-Peruvian music, and then found my way to New York from there where New York is a city that contains so many musical traditions within it. And uh, in New York, I I play with jazz groups, Latin jazz groups, but also traditional music from Peru, Colombia, uh, different parts of the Latin American world, and even find my way into vastly different styles, usually through these friendships and collaborations that I've made here with Silk Road. I mean, it sounds like 
the two of you are the embodiment of the Silk Road values, but also the collaboration we've been talking about, the different traditions, the different ways that you find musical styles and get into different you know, ways of playing and all of that, it seems pretty perfect. It is that radical cross-cultural collaboration that somehow defines the organization. And uh, a few years ago, I commissioned Edward to write a suite that will connect what it means to be a Latino in this country, like what that, what is the meaning of the word Latino itself, especially when you come from Spain and you are not considered Latino in this part of the world, but you are, but you are not. So I was struggling with that definition of ourselves, like everybody that speaks Spanish then is just reduced to one word. Mm -hmm. So um, we were exploring the different ways of of telling that story through music. Mm -hmm. And uh, the piece that you are about to hear is part of that suite. It connects a very popular Galician tune, which is called the Muñeira de Chantada, with uh, the Venezuelan Joropo and the Peruvian uh, Festejo. And It tells many stories, but I think to me is the most powerful thing about creating pieces like this is it helps us to understand the cross-cultural migration of rhythms and words and how music has a powerful way of bringing them together without having to even discuss them. I think in a moment where a lot of people are wrestling with questions of identity, too, that is particularly powerful in our sort of current cultural milieu. We're having those conversations over and over, and so this is perhaps another way to add to that conversation. Would you like to hear it? Yes, of course. Are you sure you're ready for a backpipe and a bass play? <laughs> I think we're very excited about that. <laughs> episode was recorded at the Berkeley Internet Radio Network Studios and engineered by Lauren Dorland and Darcy Davis. I'm Katie Gibson with Sounds of Berkeley, and we encourage you to check out the Boston Conservatory Orchestra and Silk Road performance on November 16th.